everyone. We're back with our final, final episode, episode of series three. Yep, this is it. The end. The end of days. Oh god, that was dark. Yeah, it just felt like being dramatic. Well, it's, we're finishing the main series, but we are going to be back. At Crimbo. So jingle your bells. We've got a special oh guest. Special guest. Special, special. Special guest. Sir Daryl Baxter. Yep. For something at Christmas. Something at Christmas. We won't say what. Might not necessarily be gaming related. No. But it will be a festive rumble. Also, if the rumours are true about what you two are talking about, I won't have much input. I will be we'll listening be educating to stories. We'll be educating you. Yeah. But it's a, it's something that is very festive, so yeah, strap yourself in, kid. So yeah, we'll be back at Christmas, and yeah, that'll be that. So thanks for listening, guys. And <laughs> and we'll be, we'll you know. see you again. Yeah, see you later. Bye. Yeah, no. Um, we are. I was going to put the theme in and then have a joke. No, we don't do jokes here. We don't do jokes on God, this thing. It's serious. So God damn stupid. It. We're such good critics. Oh my I God. know. Oh my God. We're like, honestly, involved in every paper. Oh my God. Yeah, we're talking about Doom Raider 2. Following on from the, the heels of last week's ep. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we wanted to get onto Tomb Raider 2. Talk about our love for that one as well. Yeah, I think we've done a couple of like more... But diff- we've done games. Are you right there? No, I'm so tired. Come we've on. We didn't get. I know. Come on. We've done like Last of Us One, Last of Us Two, Tomb Raider One, Tomb Raider Two. Yeah. We've done a few bigger games this series. I think. Yeah. I feel like series three, we finally come into our own. You pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're back with Tomb Raider Two. Yeah. 1997. Yes. Another year-on-year year release. Just for one Core year Design. later. Yeah, which is fucking mental. Yeah. Considering how big the last game was and how big this game is. Yeah. This game is yeah a big step up from the last one in, in definitely terms of difficulty because mm-hmm. we have a full ponytail now. We do have in a full game. ponytail. Yeah. Lara's models changed a little bit. So let's talk about the back. Well, the story of this game. Okay, so the gist is there is a... It stars Lara Croft. You know, there's it. well, obviously it starts up with kind of the same way that Tomb Raider 1 started with the whole explosion, the nuclear bomb, you know, revealing where Natla's resting place was. Mm-hmm. During a battle around the Great Wall at in, uh, in China, and uh, there's a massive dragon that's uh, present at this uh, fight, as you do, you know, naturally. Um, and uh, this dragon has a, a dagger jammed inside of it and uh, one of the monks removes the dagger and it, it melts again uh, because reasons um i found this intro pretty spooky because when the yeah. monks go and take the dagger back to the temple of jan underneath the um the great wall it goes all like really quiet it's really dark it's like kind of just you know that eerily eerily kind of silence basically we didn't actually say sorry to interrupt we have to commend and we totally forgot because i think we were just talking flip-flopping back and forth we forgot to applaud vicky arnold's writing that's very true because she wrote games one two and three i believe i think so yeah um so vicky arnold smashing it smashing it i wish we sort of like could connect almost with her now yeah i don't know whether she is on twitter or anything like that because i feel like 
It'd be it's, interesting to see what else she might have had in store that might have not got used. Yeah, it was, you know, it would be it would be fun to sort of... I, I really hope, obviously, I don't know whether she is reachable on any social media, but I hope she knows that there's still this community that thrives and still talks about her work to this day. Yeah. So thank you, Vicky. Indeed, you thank you. Not, there's a bug on my pop shield thing. It's gone now. Is it a pop shield? I don't know. Funko Pop? Ooh. Oh, for God's sake. Fucking Funko Pops, man. Jesus. Anyway, carry on, sorry. What? I just know what you're doing on there. I'm on my phone, like, researching stuff for the podcast, and he's like, you're on your fucking phone! Well, you know, I don't know if you're just going to jump in with something else yet. I'm not just having a cash chat with someone else. I know else. that, I know. I just didn't know if you wanted, there was, like, something I was going to do the say. synopsis, like, I... Uh, did in the last episode oh, for the okay. first one. Well, yeah, and either way, basically, I was just going to get to the point of... It's very scary, that first it little bit. It is very scary. When the, the monk puts the dagger back inside, it's like the plinth, which is like the, the, a like mouth the snake's of the dragon. or dragon's mouth. And it shuts on the... like clasps down on the dagger and then locks him inside, and it's just really spooky. And then the logo. What's that? Oh, yeah, the um, the... I guess it's the... I don't really know what the logo is. I know the Fiamanera, which is the cult you're fighting in the game, sort of like repurpose they, it yeah. for their... But then I've just realised it actually looks like the dragon anyway. I mean, yeah, it kind of is a dragon going through the circle and that. Mm. So do you want me to read this out? Sure. Well, this is, again, on wikiradio.com, so thanks for Thank being you. very uh, informative. Uh, and the information on here, just as in brackets, is given out by IDOS. So the synopsis is Lara Croft returns to tomb- in Tomb Raider 2 to discover the secret of the Dagger of Xi'an, an ancient Chinese... Oh, an eight. <laughs> the ancient Chinese. Fucking hell. I can't read, honestly. I know oh, my dear. phone's not very big, but this text is also quite small. And I get quite fearful of reading out loud, and I think I know why. Purely because I can't read out loud. <laughs> I can't read out loud. That's why I'm not using notes. No. <laughs> The ancient Chinese believe that whoever recovered this mythical dagger would gain power beyond belief, provided that they had the courage to plunge the dagger deep into their heart. Yes. Plun, I said. Plunger. I mean. If you have the power to plummet. I think I'm so scared of tripping myself up, I just skip words. Which yeah. is really good. Let's do this again. Lara Croft returns in Tomb Raider 2 to discover the secret of the Dagger of Xi'an. The ancient Chinese believe that whoever recovered this mythical dagger would gain power beyond belief, provided that they had the courage to plunge the dagger deep into their heart. Lara's travels at the start... La- oh, fucking hell. Lara's travels start at the Great Wall of China, but it's not long before she's globetrotting in hot pursuit of clues that will lead her to the ultimate goal. However, she's not alone in her new adventure. This time there are others who seemingly have a fanatical interest in the dagger featuring an enhanced Lara Croft complete with costume changes Tomb Raider 2 combines the classic gameplay of the original with an array of enhanced exterior settings new moves new weapons and a plot that will have Lara twisting and turning around every corner very true so the new features in this and I will will read this off the same website anyway just so we have this under our belt dynamic lighting allows for new environments and tools such as flares uh, new worlds include Tibet, China, Venice and a sunken ocean liner. New moves allow Lara to swim, backflip, somersault, climb, wade and even swing from chandeliers. New clothing including a wetsuit and bomber jacket. New weaponry, so harpoon gun, rocket launcher, M16, Uzi, shotguns, flares and more. And all new human foes as well. Yeah. Um, refined game engine, smoother, smoother control system. Um, different water depths have been added in gameplay so they vary from like ankle, knee. So it all depends how she can kind of operate whether she's sort of like fully submerged or whatever 
Yeah. I never even thought about that, the way that she walks through shallow like waves, water and there's she? nothing like that in the first game. No. So it's an interesting thing to um, to sort of see come through. Yeah, I mean, the, big, the, the, the biggest change... The biggest change for me is the whole, yeah, using the flares because it's... They... Because of the draw distance in the original one and the fact they couldn't do skyboxes or anything, when you're actually outside mm-hmm. in this game, you are actually... You feel like you're outside. Um, so naturally outside areas are well lit whereas inside areas are you know they are lit to some degree but not all the time so following you have to use flares to sort of light your way in that which is yeah a little bit more spooky so following on from the first cutscene, when we find out about the dagger yeah then we shoot forward to ms croft yeah, it, it's um a little less explained, I feel, in Tomb Raider 2 and 3 as to why she's going after what she's going after. Yeah, she's not really sort of enrolled in so, something like explicitly as obvious as with Natla because she hires basically her. Basically hires her, yeah. So you're like, it. right, this is what I'm going to look for. Whereas in this, it's implied that the dagger has something to do with it. And if you didn't read the synopsis, you wouldn't know any different. No. But yeah, this... this uh, this one I feel like is more for like personal gain or per- personal cu- curiosity, isn't it? Yeah, this level really ups the whole difficulty thing because it's fine. You start off and it's like you know, in this little cave thing, you got some tigers, you got some traps, you got some little puzzles. This is the good. first game and the only game, other than four, that introduces a different secret system. So in this, you have instead of having pickups as your secrets, you'll have a stone, a jade, and a gold dragon. Yeah, which so I really have, like. I do as well. You have three in every single level to find. So I just wanted to crowbar that in there. Yeah, no, I like. I prefer that because it's like you're actually finding artefacts and then getting all three of them gives you shit tons of ammo or health kits usually and the, sometimes a new gun, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this level, when you... You, when you get inside the... Um... I just need to say, when she drops out of the helicopter in the FMV at the start and when she drops and then she gets up yeah. and a plat sort of like comes over her chest and she sort of stands and assesses how to get in. Yeah. Oh, God, I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> I know I say it every time, but I just... I really want to cross-stitch that section. Yeah, I really like And I love the, the menu screen of this as well. Yeah. All the sort of the jade and the lush greens on there. Well, the the background is very much like those uh, the Asian kind of uh, it's like, it almost looks landscape, carved, isn't it? Um, I think they're woodblock prints, I think, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And then there's this just bloke who's lurking in the da- background in this like black you don't suit. Know who and it's like, who's this bloke? And with then the you find out face. it's Marco Bartoli. Marco Bartoli, yes, exactly. Um, who's, you know, chasing you essentially throughout this whole thing while you're sort of chasing each other backwards and forwards really yes but yeah the great wall is mad how it just there's that section after you've you come across some spiders you fight some spiders and then you go through this thing where you've got the like the 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 traps where they fire little blades out the wall and it makes that like noise and it's like and it makes like a nice beat when you start triggering more and more of them yeah um and then it just goes you know what we had a big trap section at the end of tomb raider one let's put that here just because you know let's not ease anyone in we'll just put that here so you do the whole bit where it's like collapsing tiles and there's boulders then there's but spikes that a and thing, like all sorts uh that the especially sort of within sort of temples and stuff that there was allegedly a lot of these sort of death defying traps to get to the final goal anyway kind of i mean it a lot of it's been like heightened by popular culture yeah. i think the only Again, I don't know. I, I'm not. 
I, I don't know enough about it to really be like, that's definitely what happened. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I think it's like things like Indiana Jones and that have fueled those sorts right. of things. Um, but I, I think it's the, I can't remember who the emperor is, but there's a emperor, I believe, in uh, China, which I think the Temple of Xi'an is based off of later right. in this game. Um, I think it's still not been uncovered because... The legends and stories of it say that there's rivers of mercury inside there, which is highly poisonous. So mm-hmm. if you go in there, you will just die. But there's, you know, talk about like crossbow triggers and all sorts of things like that that right. could be inside it. Because so. there, aren't there things of mercury in this game? Yeah, I think that's what they're supposed to be when we like get to um, the, like the pools of like red weird liquid in um, <clears throat> the Temple of Jeanne. I yeah. think that's probably what they're supposed to be. Because it doesn't like set you on fire like lava would. It just kills you. Instantly. Yeah. But so. we'll get there. But yeah, they just decide to throw all these traps at you straight away and they're like, Yeah, good luck. If you've not played the first game, yeah, this is what we're this is what you're dealing with here. It's almost like they were like, Okay, you've had the first game under your belt and you sort of were eased in more to the traps and then they got di- a lot harder. Yeah, definitely. You had that year break and they're like, Okay. Welcome, welcome back. Yeah. After that grueling business last year. Yeah. <laughs> I've decided to kill you in more ways than the first one. Yeah. Obviously, you had the uh, first time you heard Judith Gibbons as well. Yes, when you went to Lara's house and Winston was lurking behind you and you oh, had the assault Winston. course and the outside area now, which was cool. And you could play Venice violins in the house. <laughs> yep. And yeah, it was just a lot more. They had really for a, just a year. And you had change, the maze There as was well. so much that had changed. So much that was added. Yeah. All the, all the outside area and stuff. They really made um, a lot of use of the whole skybox thing and being mm-hmm. able to be out in outside areas rather than it just feel like you're always walking around at night. <laughs> like it did in Lost Valley. It felt like it was night time when you played that originally. Yeah. So, yeah. And then also in the Great Wall, they whacked two T-Rexes in there as well. Just, Which I only found out literally probably about 18 months ago when you went down there. Oh, really? Yeah, because you... When you sort of zip wire over to sort of the the last section before the cutscene, and that's it. There's just a random laptop in there that miraculously fucking works. Yeah, <laughs> which I love. There's like that pit, so I just assumed that you could never go down there. Yeah, that's where the last secret is of the Great Wall. And then there's the two T Rexes because I always thought, how the fuck would they still be there? They wouldn't. They, it's just for two main. You know purposes. what? We're gonna put T Rexes here, but not just one. We'll put two in there. We'll put two in there. Yeah. Why not? But Lara eventually gets to the, the door from that first cutscene that's now locked shut. So you can't actually progress any further. So, yeah, starts this big, you know, globe-trotting mission, essentially. And then we get into the first cutscene. Because that's where the door is, isn't it? The Temple of Jeanne. Yeah, and one of the um, one of Bartley's, like, goons attacks, attacks Lara. And um, yeah, I love that cutscene. I just I really, I really like the in-engine Pardon Tomb me, Raider cutscene. That was just your way of trying the doors for me. Yeah, and the whole Dami Gunama gearing thing. <laughs> Though not anymore. So Indels knew about the dagger. I think I got that right. Something like that. Um, but basically, these doors are waiting for the right one. Yeah, the right time to arrive. I don't understand why he kills himself though. Still, because he told her too much. He was like, well, I'm going to die here anyway. She's pointing a gun at me. She's probably going to kill me anyway. I'd rather do it on my own watch. I can just, you know, off myself. So Um, then she goes to the laptop, types in. Yeah. Uh Aha. Jenny Bartelli via Caravelli Venice. 
And then it plays a nice little jingle at the end of the level with that little do 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 do. And then which I love. Yeah, for your level stats. And then we're off to Venice, which is which is easily I think probably the most iconic level in this game. I think also the Great Wall is though because I remember there was a lot of maybe that was just me being at school at that time, but that was like a big thing. But then the Venice levels obviously with the speedboat and Venice violins, it just really upped the up the ante, I think. Especially as this game's focus goes away from animal enemies to Hu- yeah, loads it really of amps it up human, human enemies, enemies and they can just shoot the shit out of you and Beat it's a lot the more, shit out of you. It's a lot more action and like I'd say it's quite fast paced in comparison to the kind of quiet nature of the first game. It's a lot it's, like, it's a lot like different. like windows smashing and then you're breaking through. Dobermans. Yeah, and you're breaking through all the um, gondolas. Are they Dobermans? Yeah, they're Dobermans. Yeah. And that's just a really cool level. I love trying to get that bit where you just go up the ramp and timing it right with the music so that it just makes it look as epic as possible. I think as well, just the way that they've like set-dressed everything. Yeah. I love that like with the the flooring and then you've got like the windows that you can break i think as well like there's some things that you think you couldn't do again with like shooting through the windows that was a really cool introduction to that obviously the speedboat you were like oh my god yeah then of course it's the first drivable vehicle yeah and then smashing through the window up that ramp to get to the other side yeah it was so cool it's just mental and then you've obviously got sort of the striped poles there yeah, very think, much venice little things. I think my favourite moment, and again, like, you know how much I love sort of the scenery in these games. When you climb up over the awnings. Yeah. And you get into that little courtyard and there's a, just a... It's literally split into four and it's it's one of those that moves as you move. But it's like a little lemon tree before you get attacked by like two Dobermans and a bloke with a bat. Oh, what, in, yeah, in Bartonley's hideout? No, no, no. It's like at the top in Venice, you go over the awning. So, you know, like where it's almost like there's like the red awnings, you go up them, and then there's just like a strip of grey at the top. And then there's like a, you get like a courtyard, you get a key in there. There's like a little room. Right, okay. You don't know where I mean, do you? No. Okay, I'll show you. Yeah, please do. Right, I remember what you mean now. Yeah, and the lemon trees and the little pots. <clears throat> Very yeah, little yeah. thing, but I just, uh, you know little, how much I love lemon trees anyway. So yeah. I'm just like, oh, thank you. A cute little detail. I think that's the thing. Like, you have all of these, like, snipers and baddies coming at you. And yeah, it's just nice to sort of just pause for a sec and look at the pixelated scenery that's around you. Not that you have much time to do that in this game. Um, no. <laughs> I find the, the Fiamonera actually terrified the hell out of me as a kid because they wear mm-hmm. these creepy masks i mean not all of them do but most of them wear these like it's masquerade the snipers masks. that they like shoot around and they just run in circles <laughs> yeah the guys with the silence pistols do it's proper spooky mm-hmm. um, but this that's the thing that it was to me it was such a step up from enemy attack yeah because you had you went from yeah you'd have like i mean obviously in the first one like the gorillas used to scare the shit out of me because they moved so bloody quick so you get like a couple of them a few lions whatever you only really had the bosses that yeah. would that would gun you down enemies in venice countless like I, can't, I can't even think of how many there were there weren't like oh six or seven there'd be an area when there was like about seven blokes just you clear them and then more would turn up or whatever yeah they would just and like jump scare you you'd climb up on a dock and a door would just go clunk and then this guy with a bat would come out and he'd be like, oh my God. And then the dog would follow him out as well. And it'd be like, Jesus Christ, there's so much going on. But that's the thing. I don't know whether 
maybe I'm just reading too much into it. You know, like when you go to Venice and immediately you're attacked by like a guy and two dogs. Yeah, love it. And also, how the fuck did she get in that bit? Because where she starts is like no. I've got a lovely, like, again, me reading into, like, how she got to places and stuff. Okay, go on then, before I say the next bit. When you look where she enters, the Fiamanera's logo is painted on the wall. Right. And my thinking is, behind where she's just come from is, like, the commercial streets of Venice where, like, Mm -hmm. people are just, you know, going about their day. Yeah. And Lara's, like, climbed into almost, like, I guess, a bit of a building site. Like, the Fiamanera's territory that they've taken over. Um, which is why everyone's attacking her there and why there's no one about. See, that was my that was my thing. I was kind of like, well, what, how do they know that she's there? But then I thought, if they're going into crossing, like, into there, they're already there. Yeah. So that's why they're like, who the fuck's this? Exactly, that's my take anyway, because it looks like a bit of a fence that she could have climbed up and then got in from mm-hmm. there. So that was my thinking anyway. I love sort of as well, because obviously you've got you've got to blow up the mines with one of the boats. That's so cool, yeah. And then you've got the final bit when Venice Violins kicks in and you've got to get to the doors before they stop chiming and all that, or before they close. Yeah, because you've got to open two floodgates to try and get through it's quicker. It's such a thrill, that whole level. Yeah. And I think because it's so different. And I love the fact that you've got a few levels that just connect. Like, as soon as you literally pass through, you're in Bartoli's hideout. Yeah, I love that. Rather than sort of, okay, I'm here... I've done that level, now I'm in a completely new sort of... I know I'm still in the same country or the same city or wherever, but then I'm in, in a completely different section. I love that those th- those few, uh, as this one ends, it's carried on. I think all of them do that other than... I think Chronicles is quite guilty of you finish a level and you're just in a completely different area and it doesn't mm-hmm. tell you why you're here. But then at the same time, I feel like that's almost pardoned because it's an anthology. Oh, no, but I, I mean in the levels when you're in Rome and you go oh, from one level right, in Rome sorry. to the next level in Rome, they won't have like a where you just finished and where you started start. is like a very different area. Mm-hmm. So things like that are a bit rubbish. Um, obviously, yeah, when you change from destination to de- destination, that's expected. Well, yeah. Yeah, I like how it's funny because I didn't even realise that until maybe a few months ago. You can actually just completely glitch this level and you don't have to open the floodgates. You can just get straight in the boat. Blow up the mines to get through to Bartoli's hideout, get into the other boat, go and trigger the the bell to start chiming, mm-hmm. and then just go up the ramp, smash through the window, come down, and then rather than going through where the gates would lead you through the normal canal, yeah. you can go around the long way. As long as you don't hit anything, you get through the gate with the last oh, chime. Oh, really? Yeah. As, it, the, as the doors start closing, she you just go goes through, through them because oh, okay. the, the animation hasn't finished yet, which nice. I thought, I was like... No way, as if you can do that. I though. think when I was a kid, I, I always tried to do that because I was like, I don't know where to go. There's so many places. Yeah. So It is a fun level to just sort of have a mooch around in as well. I think as well, even though I was still terrified of Tomb Raiders, there was something about okay. this one that was less scary because I'd played three more than this one because this was so light at the beginning of the game. You were in big light areas. You weren't underground that often mm-hmm. and in big scary places just yet. Yeah. Um, not until Opera House, which we'll get to. But I think I can't I can't actually remember and my story and my memory always changes, right? Because I can't think if I did Chronicles first and finished that first, or if I did Tomb Raider two. Because right. I, I think they were definitely the first two that I completed fully. I think Tomb Raider two was probably the first one because I remember going around Adam's house and he had the game and I used to just basically play on his copy of it because I had company. Whereas when I played it here, I had no like no one with me. It'd be like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to play this game and you're just, yep, yeah, okay, we'll try and get through it. And 
that that was like how I managed to get through. I don't think I felt as obviously I was scared of the human enemies, but I think for the other for the reason I was more fearful almost of and we'll get to my fears of this one as we go through the story. But I think I was more fearful of the first one because there was such an overwhelming sense of isolation in these in these tombs and in these sort of places that were due to be sort of have things exhumed from them. Yeah. Whereas with this one, I was like, oh, we're in Venice, we're in broad daylight. Yeah, well, there'll be enemies, but it still felt very open. Yeah. There's a lot more exaggeration on like the urban places in this one rather than the tombs. Uh, or just sort of you know everywhere yeah that's a, that's the thing it's a lot of different sort of areas isn't it yeah so then as it goes on and it and the story almost gets a little bit darker then i was like mm. when you go back to sort of like floating islands and you you've just done all sort of the underwater levels that's when i the fear got to me again yeah um but with these ones like the early ones i was i wasn't too bad with i think it was just more actually playing them yeah. that was a challenge because that's the thing I, I do think and even now even if you've got a walkthrough I, th- I think they are still challenging to play yeah yeah I think unless you've played them enough times that you can remember everything um, then you're good to go I mm-hmm. think Tomb Raider 2 and 3 I can play like pretty good now why yeah. am I still struggle with a few things on and 4 I'm fucking awful at still <laughs> but yeah we'll get to those um, the chandelier puzzle what, in Bartoli's hideout? Yeah, when you first hear Vertigo. That's really cool. That was really cool. And then I, I think one of the jump scares I had with this one is you have that bloke in like the rafters. Oh, yeah, and he just jumps up at you. Yeah, and I'm like, mate, what the fuck are you doing yeah, up here? Yeah, and they can just push you off the edge as well. Mm-hmm. I find something with... I, I get this in a lot of games, right? Especially, yeah. um, I'll say, the Assassin's Creed games as well. When it comes to heights... If I'm outside and I'm up really high, I'm nowhere near as scared as I'm if I'm climbing up inside. Mm-hmm. So in when you play that bit in Bartoli's hideout and you're going up the chandeliers, when I'm at the top in like the rafters and jumping jumping around, I feel like so much more panicked by yeah. height because I'm not that scared of heights. I do get I'm a bit not. wobbly by them. I think my but thing when is when I'm climbing like... up inside of things, I'm like I think it makes you feel like the, the the scale is that much bigger. I think as well in real life, I wouldn't say I'm scared of heights. I've no lie, famously, the Grand Canyon has no barriers around it. I've stood at the edge, not like when we went, the first time I went, I stood at the edge of the Grand Canyon for me to fall and plummet to instant death, right? Oh, sod that. Don't know why I did that, I just did it, and then my cousin was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And I, I didn't even know why, and I'm now thinking back to it, I'm sort of like sweating a little bit. But when I'm up a ladder, like a five-foot ladder, I'm way more terrified yeah, of that. Yeah, same. Uh, I, there's something it's about, so weird isn't it there's something about climbing heights I'm more scared of than being at the top of a height so if you put me at the top of a skyscraper fine I'm, I'm, I'm on something solid like a... but if I'm climbing up it it's then my fault if something goes wrong yeah like obviously I'm scared of death but I feel like say if I fall off the edge of the Grand Canyon I know I'm not coming back from that whereas if I fall off a very tall ladder I'm going to get very injured yeah and I'm like oh no I think that's what scares me more whereas like the thought of just I'm probably just going to cop it now. There's no really coming back from that. Whereas being injured from, you know... A height. Or like falling down the stairs or something. That scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Bit backwards, but hey-ho. But yeah, I, didn't, I never really had any problem with... Um, that I can remember anyway. It was similar with... I have more memories with Tomb Raider 2. Um, I think I do purposefully because of with school. Like I just remember constantly trying to get through Bartoli's hideout with the swinging block. Yeah. Because I remember and we that was had a challenge. We had that wasn't that 
That's that level, isn't it? Which one? No, that's Opera House. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... I got further than I thought. <laughs> Tomb Raider 1 was always... I mean, I've already said everything about Tomb Raider 1. You know, never got that very far. That was so last it. week. It was on PC. Um, then we did get... We got Tomb Raider 3 on PC. Mm-hmm. So I have more memories, like, one when I was really young with that one. And then Tomb Raider 2, because we didn't get a PS1 until about, like, 2002, I think, 2003. Quite, mm-hmm. quite late. Yeah. That's when we got Tomb Raider 2. And I didn't know the Tomb Raiders were on PlayStation when I was younger. So then, you know, I was that bit older, so I have more memories with Tomb Raider 2 yeah. when I was a bit older until we got a better computer later in life and I went back to Tomb Raider 3 again. But yeah, I was never too bad with the first few Venice levels. It wasn't until you get to Opera House and I went straight back to the terrified young me where it's now dark, the horrible ambience soundtrack yeah. comes on again and it's like, oh, I'm I think that's where, again. like, I sort of... I felt that sort of twinge and that turn back because it was so dark. Yeah. Um, obviously you had like the dynamic lighting in that, so you know, like, oh my yeah, God. dark parts were dark. <laughs> I did really like that level though. I thought that was really cool how they did it. That, you know, the levels are still really impressive or getting bigger. I think obviously when we get to the underwater stuff or the water section, as I would call it, yeah, we will talk more about that. Yeah, and definitely. How impressive that was, but and frustrating, fucking. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this sort of like. A Venice section is a, is definitely a highlight for me. Yeah, same. I always enjoy playing through those levels. I I always feel like I hate Opera House, but it's only the first bit I don't like. Once mm-hmm. you actually cross the roof in the Opera House and you start doing the puzzles inside it, I don't mind it too much. It's just the first bit I find a bit of a slog. It's quite intimidating, I think, because of how vast it is. And when you're at the top and you're looking down to like where the seats would be and... You know, it's obviously... And there's all these different ways you now. can go, yeah. yeah. It's not as linear anymore. No. And then you've got to find, like, the electrical part to get in the lift and yeah, all of that stuff. And then you're in the thick of it down the bottom. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's... It is... I think these games are quite intimidating. Yeah. Just because of how hard they are. They really put you on edge. I think it's... um. There's a bit where you fall through the trap door in the stage and underneath it, it's like because the, the water started getting in from outside and it started flooding the foundations of the opera house. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of wading through this water and it is completely pitch black down there other than your flare. And you've got to find, I can't remember what it is, I think there's a secret down there and uh, one of the electrical bits, yeah, that bit you were saying for the lift. And I think the Temple of Jan soundtrack plays and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, something's going to kill me. And nothing gets you. No, it's just like, it's just, that's, yeah, that's, be scared. Yeah. <laughs> This is the, isn't this a bit with the sort of the dressing room and then you have the fans? Yeah, you got to get into the ventilation bit. Oh god, yeah. Which can be a bit of a pain in the ass. They love a good fan in this one. Fans and boulders are very much prominent in this yes. game. <laughs> yeah, fans, boulders, and flares. Yeah. And then haven't you got like the big B on some of the windows as well now? Yeah, and there's like posters of Gianni Bartoli everywhere, who is Marco's dad, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. So. It's like a little bit of history there. It's like, oh, okay, what's going on here? Yeah, so there's a lot of sort of things to pique your curiosity about who these people are as well. Yeah, because at um, this point, this is your first real interaction other than the guy in the Great Wall with the Fiamanera or the Black Flame, mm-hmm. um, who are, yeah, you don't really know what their, what their thing is just you yet. You just know they're standing in your way and you need to kill them. Basically, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. So the level after that, but you get on the plane, don't you? Stow away oh, on the yeah. plane and you 
you re- get knocked the you fuck d- out. You do that little cutscene that we just reenacted a minute ago. Thankfully, <laughs> off podcast. Thankfully, off this. Yeah. Um, and then you wake up with no weapons. No, it's the famous level of you know the older Tomb Raiders where it's the level where you get your guns taken away and mm-hmm. you've got to just fend for yourself for a bit. This always freaked me out because I hate not being able to defend yourself. Yeah, because obviously at this point there's you didn't really have any. Other than fighting games, there weren't really any things that had melee combat in. And obviously, yeah, Lara doesn't punch. You can't do anything with this. You just have to sort of jump out of the way. Because you still have enemies, don't you? Just coming at you, you've just got to try and get out of the way of them. Yeah, because you go through that. You get. You do like the, the well, typically, you know, Tomb Raider style. There's a switch to open the door of your cell in the room you're in. But then I think it's just a storage room, so I'll let that slide. Yeah, I don't think it's actually, actually a, cell. a cell. Yeah. Um. So I'll yeah I'll let that slide. But then oh, you're in the you hangar. Are good. <laughs> I know you're in the hangar where the plane, this big seaplane, has. Uh, pulled up and my my take is that you know again i've got massive theories about the whole the wreck of the maria doria and this oil rig so i'll get into them like as we get yeah more I was into say, that tell bit. me i'm in, i'm intrigued because uh, i think sometimes when i play things and it's like the same when i watch certain things i think i think i get really when especially when i'm playing something sometimes i think i miss some story arcs because i'm so conscious of getting through the combat or the, or the puzzles or this or that, I think sometimes I tend to miss parts parts of it. Yeah, well, and a lot of I'm mine like, well, is just speculation. On. What, I think what, but... what's that or? But I think that's um, that's just not on the heels of what you've just said. I think that's just me, kind of generally. Yeah. Or if someone else has played it or watched something, I'm like, oh, can you? I need you to explain that to me. Yeah. I think sometimes I struggle with that sort of thing every now and again. Hmm. I'd say this is one of the easy. Well, it's the easiest of the, the the trio of gunless levels you have in Tomb Raider one, two, and three. Oh um, yeah. Because you get your guns quite soon after that. You have to deal with like two guards um, for a second, but because they have to. Well, technically, there's these windows, and you need to make the, one of the guards shoot the window to let you to go through. But you can if you just do the her, Lara's like weird flip thing. She glitches through the window, and you can just get away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I always do because they take ages sometimes to come and get you. Yeah, or you end up getting caught in the uh, the fire. Yeah, and uh, isn't this when the alarm's going off, or is that later? No, the alarm's going off because you escaped from your room. Yeah, it's quite jarring. Yeah, it can be. So yeah, yeah glitch freaks. You know, you feel yeah. like you're not hearing that as as much. But yeah, you soon get your pistols back, and you can just start gunning down people again. So that's not too bad. I don't mind the the rig levels. I feel like they're quite easy, but they're not I... visually that exciting. I think because I sort of. This is my least favourite section. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think because 40 Fathoms is my least favourite level ever. Oh, really? I hate it. Purely because I find it so challenging and, and this and that. So I don't. it's not actually the design. I think it's just a personal thing. aversion to it. It's the same with like uh, the cistern. Yeah. I think the level design is fantastic. I just, as a player, I find it really frustrating to be a part of. Get through. Yeah. So it's it, again, it's it's more a personal thing, but from my sense of playing it, rather than I have a bugbear with how it's laid out or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah, with these, I do find it. It's really impressive when because I saw that diagram of how the wreck is supposed to be. Yeah. Because obviously some of it's flooded. I don't know whether this is late. No, this is later, isn't it? Is this later? Or are you on the ship like now? Well, you're still at the. You got to go go and get the. You find. The warrior monk in confused. the in the diving oh, area. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, of course. And 
It's weird because throughout this game, despite Marco Bartoli being the main villain, Lara don't doesn't have any real react like um any real interactions with him. It's no. pretty much like she's always fighting his goons rather than him himself. But this is the first. This is the first time you see him in the cutscenes. They scenes. see each other, don't they? Yeah, because the the monk basically. I, I, from what I've understood, it always used to really confuse me, like the story of what's actually going on here. Because mm-hmm. basically the Fiamanera have taken over this oil rig and are using it to dive down to the wreck of the Maria Doria, which is Gianni Bartoli's ocean liner. And he was travelling with the Seraph on there, which was to get the Talion. And the Talion is the thing that opens the door from the first level. So there's lots of picking up a little MacGuffin to go and get another one to then go and get another one sort mm-hmm. of thing in this. But yeah, so the, the monk basically tells you this story. So then Lara's like, well, I guess I'm going diving essentially. And that's when you get your first, this is the first new outfit, isn't it? Oh, the solar wetsuit. Which is a iconic, awesome looking thing. It looks so cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it sadly accompanies I do love some that levels in... that I, I do and I, I love them and I also hate them. The yeah, wreck I levels. don't really like them. No, again, it just shows off um, Tomb Raider 2's um, balls for just going, you know what? Yeah. We're going to drop you in the middle of the ocean, literally the middle literally of the ocean the of the with a load of sharks. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? With a two minute bar of health. Health. Yeah, your air is just slowly going down. And, I do really like yeah. that interaction with Lara and the monk, though. Yeah, same. Again, I love a, a in-engine cutscene. Mm-hmm. Where they're like nodding their heads to talk and because everything. Because I think as well they're so well done and even the movements. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. It seems still pretty fluid to me for that time. Yeah. Um. And again, when you put it against like some of the other games that were out at the same time. And yeah. I f- and I felt like the fluidity of Tomb Raider really sort of shone through on the in-game cutscenes, and obviously like when. Uh, Marco sort of spots them chatting and then starts shooting through. Yeah, he kills him to stop telling him anything, uh, telling yeah. Lara anymore. And then I think Lara's like, "Oh well, um, I better get going you. then." <laughs> yeah, and then we go into obviously. I love that little gunfight that uh, Marco and Lara have there. Yeah, when it's just like constant, like little shooting backwards and forwards, and Lara's and she running dives, off and out, dives of out of the way. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's funny because. This the next cutscenes are one of those FMV ones, which is again I love this one where she goes down on someone's submarine to get to the wreck, mm-hmm. and like the shark freaks out the man and it makes him crash and all that sort of stuff. But just Lara's lung capacity here oh, is brilliant yeah. because in the cutscene alone she's there for at least a minute and a half, and mm-hmm. then when you're dropped into it, you've got another like two minutes to try and, and find an air pocket in the ship. Pod sort of breaking away from you as the and game then, starts again doesn't yeah, it yeah and, and again it's that intimidating gameplay for me because i sort of i remember and this is when i was younger probably i'd say just pre-teens or just very like teens i got dropped in there and that's when i found it really frustrating because i couldn't believe i'd gotten to a point myself obviously with the walkthrough where your back screen had changed so it now had Lara in the ocean and the oh, shark. Oh yeah, yeah, like I, get, I get what you screens. mean. Yeah, I, they're always a highlight for me. I know it's only like a little thing. No, same for me. But I love how high quality they are. And it was like, oh my god, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, it, it was, was so it exciting. Was massive. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh my god, I'm going somewhere else. And then it took me forever. Even with the walkthrough, I was like, where the fuck is this corner? Yeah, to sort of get into and get away from the shark and it's not totally obvious but you have to follow no. those barrels to the wreck of the ship and then you get in through like a bit where the anchor was mm-hmm. and um 
yeah, then you're just sort of fighting with some sharks for a little bit, but you can pretty much get away from them pretty fast. Once you know where you're going there, that bit's and fine. And this is the wreck of the Maria Dory, isn't it? Well, the, it's all... 40 Fathoms is actually a really short level. Well, once you, Because you're only dealing with like a bit of the storage area, mm-hmm. and it, it, I think it was doesn't end that... up being that long. I think it was that one puzzle like with the flame grates that would really piss me off. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And that there's a lot of timed sequences in this. Yeah, of pulling levers and running and off. And then running away and then obviously trying to jump, do really precise jumps over pipes. And oh, yeah, no, things. because I think they're... Um, I, my assumption was that obviously because the ship's upside down, they're like the lighting... And they're on the Oh, yeah, floor. they are, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I've not, never really looked them, looked at them in detail. That's what I've always assumed it was anyway. This is the thing, because we saw that description, <clears throat> well, the diagram of what the ship, how the ship is lying and how some parts are upside down or this is this. And it really fascinated me how So I think they just, because didn't Neil design? I think so, yeah. The uh, Mr. Neil Boyd, bless his heart. Yes. Um, designing sort of such vast levels for this for this section yeah and i and i it still baffles me how they i thought, love okay, trying well, that to figure be, it out technically yeah like that would be upside down so that would be flooded and that would not be but then it, it blows my mind well i mean it's and kind, i love this the coloring a... of, of this as well yeah it's all very very blue and rusty like yeah the contrast and got, with the orange and the blue yeah sort of like the top you've got some of the sort of the more ornate tiling and yeah you know that, and obviously, I would assume that you've got like the ballroom section as well. Yeah. Of the shit, it is. It is amazing. Like when I actually think about it, but for me as a player, I f- I found this section to be the most challenging. Which is weird because obviously then you go to sort of when you're going to sort of floating islands or all of that. I think that was just more trappy, and the traps are hard. But I found this section far more frustrating to play yeah just well, through enemy wise as well and obviously you've got broken glass everywhere yeah sorry what are you going to say just cut you off that's right um i find that from 40 fathoms onward pretty much every level is really scary like they really mm-hmm. up like almost the horror feeling so because they're all in like dark dingy areas the four levels in the wreck i found them some of the spookiest for me and it like, kind of goes like what i like the idea of this area but it's like what daryl said it kind of brings the pace of the story down a lot mm-hmm. because it's it just really slows sec- that bit you didn't really need to be that long that many levels it was you quite could have a done long maybe just section. two levels in the wreck yeah and that maybe wouldn't have been as um, bad. But I'm going to do a bit of a shameless plug here because I had to... You know, I was doing my like little blender models. Oh, here we go. Rude. Well, I'm joking. You know how proud I am of you. They're bloody amazing. Well, thank you very much. That's okay. That's the nicest thing I'm gonna, you're going to get out that, of That's today. fine. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I really struggled because... Well, doing the rig levels is fine, but I had mm-hmm. to try and figure out... The, like, to make remake these levels in that style, I had to figure out how they were intended to be so i had yeah. to come up with my whole like narrative as to why the rig is where it is yeah and why the like how they're excavating this wreck so i started thinking that they've overtaken either they've overtaken an oil rig that's already here or they've built this one themselves and mm-hmm. they're using the rig to pump the water out the cavern where the deck is Right. So in my little model of the deck, you've got like all the pipes pumping out the water, essentially. Um, because otherwise, how would they like all be down there? Because, you know, even if the wreck like crashed in through a big cavern. Yeah. 
it would still be flooded with water. So I had to think of a way like, well, why is it dried up in there sort of thing? Um, so yeah, that was my kind of thinking. But yeah, I had to build a whole model of the Maria Doria and then like break it apart and make it fit to how it is in the game. Because you've got 40 Fathoms and Wreck of the Maria Doria are upside down and then Living Quarters and the deck are the right way up. So it's like the front half of the ship came down a, and I crashed. I found a diagram on here. It's obviously very hard to explain. I'll save it so I can um, maybe post it on our Twitter account. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting how it's been worked out and and sorted through because it's not. It must not have been an easy, easy thing to try and do to be like, okay, well, we're gonna have this section on here. Yeah. And to create that and make everything so vast because the deck is one of my least favorite levels as well. Yeah. Same. And I think that just is so massive. Yeah. And when you get there, obviously, when you play it on PlayStation, it's so big. So there is a little bit of, it's not as smooth as um as other things can be. Yeah. But then you've got flamethrower man there, haven't you? Isn't he your first sort of? Yeah, like, the flamethrower people start coming in. Yeah, because you got two at the end of the level as well. Mm-hmm. This level isn't too bad. It's just one of them of remembering where to go first. Yeah. If you go to the wrong place first, then it just ends up being loads of different like backtracking all sorts, which can be a bit of a pain in the ass, but. Isn't this your first? This is your first introduction as well to um, underwater enemies as well, in terms of like human underwater enemies. So you've got like divers, haven't you? Oh, you got the divers, and the worst thing by far is the. Um, I they don't... used to really freak me out. You know, when you're sort of, I would, I call it the ballroom section, when you're in there, and then they're just in that little pool on the floor, and yeah. they're just like waiting for you, sort of like keeping afloat. That used to really freak me out. Yeah, they just sort of linger there. Mm-hmm. The scariest things are the moray eels that pop out of the holes with their oh, horrible yeah. faces, and they're like these big take a chunk out like of you. black slug things with like big uh, green streaks down the side of them or yellow streaks, and they just look really, really freaky. And then obviously you've got sharks coming for you. Yeah. There's a lot of things that want to eat or kill Lara in this yeah. game. You see, I really... I, this is why I say I kind of love and hate these levels because I have like a real fascination with the Titanic. Yes. And I know that this ship is inspired by ships like it, mm-hmm. um, particularly with the big upside-down Great Hall where you've got the, the Grand Staircase, which is very similar to Titanic's. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I think kind that's of like I mean, all of that thing. I, I don't know why I just always call it the ballroom. No, no, but there is like a big ballroom that you were saying as well. Where oh, okay. you know where they're floating, that's obviously the window that would have been on the top of the ship, but because it's yeah. upside down, it's where the water's now like flooding in from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always like just looking into things and thinking like, what what is this supposed to be and stuff. Yeah. And I think particularly with that level because it's not always that clear. Uh, well, those levels, sorry. It's um yeah pretty interesting to do. But yeah, it does it. It's a shame as well that when you find the Seraph eventually on the deck, it's in a tiny little room that you unlock with a key and it's like no big dramatic... I mean, I understand thing. that it wouldn't be a big dramatic thing, but I thought it'd be cool to have like a cutscene there or something of her actually finding yeah, it. Yeah, because it sort of unlocks the next part of the story almost as well. Yeah. And isn't this a, a location change now when you go to the yeah, so monastery? Yeah, so she goes back up to the, the ship, don't, uh, back up to the um, the rig and oh, hijacks yeah, the, the seaplane. And uh, that's where she finds that's her she bomber, finds jacket. bomber jacket. The iconic bomber jacket. Yeah, two very iconic outfits, which is funny and because she's just smile. she's just got her shorts on in the uh, in the Himalayas, basically. So. Wow, true craft star. She knows it's cold legs. Yeah, she don't get cold legs, just just cold arms. So no. <laughs> but yeah, that that's a cool. I love that cutscene when she's flying over the Himalayas or well Tibet, so further than the Himalayas, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the she runs out of fuel and. The uh, the plane and then here's starts going where down. Shelley's um, 
you hear out. a little noise like that. As I she's... wasn't going to do that. I was going to say they've used her. Um, what's the word? I said it earlier. Like sound bites. I think. Oh yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. That was my that was my attempt at a, yeah sound bite. Thanks for that. That's fine. But um, yeah, her just this is just a very Larry major action sequence of her using the parachute to use the plane speed it's going at as it's crashing along the ground to like inflate the parachute and escape mm-hmm. from it the big burning plane that was always so cool which is a fun introduction to the next section yeah and then you get another nice um yeah that um loading screen with yeah she's smiling isn't she she's like well happy that she's here yeah <laughs> and it's like she's like, looking around it's oh i'm in the snow yeah yeah which um tibetan foothills again i really struggled with this level <laughs> but until you get to the the skidoo, which oh, is God. definitely one of the most iconic things of this game. Yeah, that's a, it's another vehicle you can commandeer. And it has guns on, doesn't it? One of them does, yeah. You have two different skidoos. So you have the red one, which is like technically your one. and then you The have fast the, one, yeah. The Amonero one, which has the weapons on. I think. Yeah, because then you, your red one has the boost and then the... The Fiaminera one has the guns instead, so mm-hmm. you've got like, and you can run people over. Yeah, I mean, you basically just run them all down. They make that ah ooga noise constantly. Ah ooga. Yeah, that's actually how they sound. I know. I believe you. It's just funny hearing you do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my impression probably isn't as good, but you know. And then you have that theme tune. I think it's one of my favourite soundtracks ever. What the skidder? Yeah, it's really really good. When I play that when I drive, I just love it. Yeah, same. I, I I have to have it on with the uh, the the sweet the new the new version I love even more because I'm, just I'm not a gonna lie do, I understand orchestral music I do like that one because that does sound it makes the skidoo sound very sound spacey a film but I do love the original one I mean I like the original one with its like techno-y kind of themes mm-hmm. but it was impressive how they managed to translate that orchestrally or- yeah, yeah definitely yeah i was always wondering how it was really going to sound so when it came off the way it did i was like oh my god this is so good yes that's a cool and and then this for me was like in recent years i picked it up again and this is my newer this is kind of where you got to wasn't it when you started playing again yeah you were in barkang monastery i think weren't you oh no you were in no, catacombs I was... no 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 i i was actually in tibetan foothills yeah oh right okay and i remember you sneakily took that video of me oh, i can't even remember and I was like saving it after I'd lined up the skidoo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> but basically, this thing is it—it—it's it, not as um, controllable as the boat. I'd say the boat's Fucking definitely out, easier because no. you can just blow straight up. I—I you, I, go you just launch I mean, her I off did. the side of mountains and all sorts, and there's loads of like little thin tracks to go down, and it, it can be an absolute pain in knob the ass. to get around. So. Mm-hmm. But luckily, you have a decent save system in this one that lets you save wherever, whether you're on PC or PlayStation. So you can just spam the save and just, you know, keep doing it over and over again. Yeah. But yeah, it is a pretty fun level. Um, once you get the grips, you know, get to grips with it. And I think the whole, like, gist of the the level is you've got to go and find a key that's, for some reason, under a load of frozen ice. So, you know. Standard. So for some reason, someone lost it off in some mountain somewhere and you have to go and find it but I like having to like avoid all the boulders and stuff it can make you feel very there's lots of bits in this that make you kind of um the parts of it that maybe would have been in a cinematic in the first game that they try and make you do actually in game in this one yeah I agree um to make you feel more in the more immersed I suppose mm-hmm. which, is, which is always pretty cool but uh, then that immersion we've broken when I just drive off a cliff and wow, obviously. plummet to I my death I think this was definitely sort of a break away from the original in terms of 
obviously like the locations you go to and where you're going obviously in, in the end i suppose you are in like a big tomb but i mean you're not sort of going from these caves to other similar locations it was it was quite a i think that when you played the second one, you're like jesus this is completely sort of different yeah i think um I mean, up until this point, you've not really. I mean, even even at this point in the game, you're not in. You've not been anywhere historically ancient other than the Great Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, technically, the wreck is maybe like a hundred years old or something, so it's probably quite old. Um, so but still, it's, it's still in historic. Ruin. Yeah, in, it's, it's in, ruin. in ruin. So it's still with that kind of setting, but it's more, um, you know, in more man-made like, well. Tombs are man-made, aren't they? For God's sake, um, you know what I mean. More, yeah. more modern uh, locations. So, yeah, I um, Barking Monastery. I killed lots of monks, basically. By accident. I don't think I did. Did I? I? You know, you were fine. Um, but when I first played it, I didn't realise you could actually shoot. Them. I to be to be fair, if I'd not have, I knew that, so I I purposefully sort of had them help me as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but if I hadn't have known that, I would have just done the same as you yeah it was um because yeah if but you just kill one cool of them they thing... all turn against you yeah it was quite a cool thing to add to be able to have that option yeah and to have them help you out and then obviously find out the hardware because there's fucking loads of them yeah there is so if they go against you yeah you were gonna screw yourself over a bit yeah so i thought that was a really cool thing to add and not be an obvious thing thing because i feel like say if that was in a new game now there'd be something that would come up or there would be a cutscene to say don't shoot the monks. But yeah, basically, don't shoot us. We will help you. So I'm kind of glad that that wasn't that obvious. In yeah. A way. Yeah. But I found that level really impressive, and obviously you've got the main room with the with the big idol in the middle. Yeah. This this place is huge because you've got to it, find all those prayer wheels. Yeah, it did struggle because that was quite dark in there as well. Yeah, it's not too bad. I think I felt better in Barkang Monastery because you've got the monks walking around. You feel a bit more safe. You're more, I mean, obviously there are enemies there, but you're more aware that it's just, if you hear footsteps, you're not really filled with fear because you just think, oh, it's just one of the monks bowling about. Yeah. Um, but it is funny. It's still funny how like, Lara just aims at the monks and you're like, Lara, no! what are you doing? You're a nice yeah. person. You're meant to not be shooting the good people. <laughs> but then we can just blame the controls for that. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, that <laughs> is just what it is, isn't it, at the end yeah. of the day. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, it's a pretty cool level. Um, that's where you put the serif to get into the... The catacombs, which is cool. Um, Yetis, pretty oh, terrifying. God. The noises. I remember, like, I was sort of live tweeting this yeah. on the Twitter account, and I put a clip in. I don't know whether mine had glitched out, but the Yetis were just making the most horrible noises. I remember Inna, she was saying to me, she was like, "Oh my god, they haunt me still," and I'm like, "I know." Yeah, there's <laughs> some just awful a chat parts about that. in this. I just remember. I think I got through. I'd kind of over, you know, overcome my fear of the. Um, human enemies at this point because when I was younger I had got here and was like oh wow like, I can't believe how well I'm doing yeah and then when the yetis were introduced because you'll get into that part in like the kind of typical Tomb Raider trope thing is by the time you get to the last section of the game things start going very sci-fi and weird and horror sort of mystical and lore-ish aren't they yeah really but just spooky before sorry to interrupt but yeah, no, you know when it. you were saying about sort of the human enemies I think because you were literally chucked in the deep end with them and there were so many at the start yeah like level two You've got dogs, you've got just anyone with a gun or a Men bat just coming at you. Silence guns, so yep. I think in that respect, you're really sort of almost well-versed with human enemies. So you're like, okay, I know how quick... I how know How to deal with them. Yeah, and I know how quickly I, they can sort of... I can take them down. They'll go down with like a couple of shots of the shotgun or... 
you yeah. know, however many with the with the automatics or or whatever. But then when you get to when you had the Yetis, at first I was like, "What the fuck are they?" Because you just hear them, don't you, before you see them. Yeah, they just. Like, um, and then obviously <laughs> you've got sort of the. Are they the eagles or are they vultures? Um. Yeah, there's some kind of eagle. No, they're bird eagles, thing. aren't they? In this in this section, so you've got them that can knock you off ledges and all that. So it's sort of back with the animal enemies because you've got snow leopards as well in this part. Yeah, there's the endangered still... snow leopard. Yeah, it's still. Um, I remember there's one part in this where if you don't kill anything, I've seen seen speedrunners do it in Catacombs of the Talon, right? Where you've got that one room that's really dark, really scary music comes on, and you've got to free a load of yetis to get into another room. Mm-hmm. You can basically, if you don't kill any enemies up until this point, you have to leave that room again. So then at that point, you've got like four yetis on you, something like five snow leopards and two um, a gunmen as well. Right. And it's just carnage. I've seen people play it and their health just goes whoop straight down. Yeah. Because it's like you just can't deal with that many things coming at you at once. No. But it just shows the how much they've upped the, you know, we're going to throw everything at you in this yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. I think they sort of... I guess in in a way they thought, well, Tomb Raider one was kind of like your tutorial, yeah, basically of like how to actually manoeuvre Lara. And yeah. I know that she, obviously she's you know a bit more nimble in this one. Nimble in this one, she runs faster in this one. Yeah, because um, in the first one it's sort of she was running and it was it was quick, but it almost felt she was running on slow mo a little bit. It was like point five on the PlayStation one, behind. she was really slow. Yeah. Um. So this one it was very much like the tank controls are exactly the same. Yeah. So you can kind of just get stuck in. So it was like, you know how to play as Lara now. You know how she moves and, and all that. All of that. Now you need to sort of put that into practice, really. Yeah, now here's the real test. Yeah, so these levels are, were tough for me. Particularly um, when you get to Ice Palace and you come across the special um, trampolines. Yes, I didn't actually... I died on them so many times I, when I first did, but it. I don't think I did that bad. No, you didn't. You were fine. For the first time playing it. Yeah. Um, that fucking big bird thing, though. The Garuda. A what? Um, I believe it's meant to be a Garuda, which is a um, mythical creature from Buddhist and Hindu mythology, I think. Oh, okay. Which is a like a humanoid eagle, I think. So It's, ba- it's fucking massive. Yeah, I mean, it does look funny. It's just the way... It, it It's scary, yet kind of hilarious, I would say. So yeah, that's your big boss basically at the end of the Tibet section. Um, because to get to the, I don't know if I've really explained. Not that we really need to explain to anyone who knows Tomb Raider, but the Seraph unlocks the catacombs of the Talon, which is what you picked up in the wreck. And then where the Talon is is in the Ice Palace, which is being like guarded by this um, monster. Oh, now I I can actually sort of see that a bit more. Like if you look at like the insignia, I'm just online now. Yeah. Yeah, I it, get it. It literally now. is a bird person. That's, yeah, that's the best way of. Describing I know I've it. seen that before, but obviously in game from twenty over twenty years ago, it looks a bit fucking different. I mean, yeah, it looks quite funny. It's like got big, really muscly, stumpy arms and just prow- prowls around this big palace, and you've just got to gun it down until it dies. Really. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's it's pretty. It's kind of freaky and it's kind of hilarious at the same time. I think you can get on a ledge and just M sixteen it to death essentially. Yeah, you can. Um, then it can't get at you. Yeah. That's what I did. But I like that you have to ring the gong to smash the ice to get to That's the talent. Cool. That is such a cool bit. And don't you have to pour that sort of like gold through? Yeah, in Catacombs. Oh, no, it is in Ice Palace because Ice Palace and Catacombs of the Talon kind of like 
merge with one another. Yeah, they go into that other. You next kind of level, like cross over one level higher up or something. And yeah, you got that big like molten lava thing that melts the ice, which is really cool. But yeah, I did. I didn't have a good time with Ice Palace. I was so scared of the hard. Yetis and the and, yeah. the and the trampolines just really done me in. So I remember really struggling for this last little bit. But then you go into what I think is probably my favourite part of the game. I really, really like the Temple of Jian because it's mm-hmm. the most it's the most Tomb Raidery part of this game, I'd say, because it's back to the tombs and the yeah that kind of thing and just the traps and there's a few um, animal enemies, but no, I don't think there's any human enemies in this level. It's back to very much how the first game kind yeah. of played. Um, this and is again, the big red just, section, isn't it? Pretty much, it's all like, nice reddy colours and stuff. Where's Floating Islands then? After that. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah you have that big chase with Bartoli Uh, again Lara doesn't really come across him and uh, yeah that's the first time I heard the T-Rex soundtrack was in that jeep chase right at the end and um, Lara just drives casually back to the Great Wall to put in the talon in the door Um, Mm and yeah this level's really cool because it's that part where the monks put in the the dagger and took it back so the dagger is just in front of you and it's that that whole thing of like, oh, wow, it's just there. I'll go and pick it up. And then the trap door just drops you into absolute oblivion down so many slopes and waterfalls yeah. and all sorts of things. And you're like, are you kidding me? You've dropped me this far down underneath yeah. the temple. Like, it's mad how far down you have to go. It's probably one of the longest levels in the game. Mm-hmm. Again, the main takeaway from this level is the probably spider's like one lair. Of the... Oh, God, yeah, that's horrible. It's awful. I do love sort of how visually interesting all these i love the coloring of all of these levels yeah and yeah it's just all that very mystical and also i think this is the first time that they really changed out the um ambient soundtrack Mm -hmm. and it sounds like people like whispering and all sorts of things it's It's really creepy isn't there a cutscene though or is that towards the end when Marco's doing his bit. Yeah, at the end of Temple of Doom. And it's a scene from, is it Temple of Doom? I believe it's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And they reversed, they reversed, they reversed the, the scene where the guy takes out the person's heart in the film. And I think they just reversed it and put it over the top of that. Mm-hmm. At the time, you probably wouldn't know. No. But it is funny that, that that's still there. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know whether they would have ever known about that. I shouldn't think so. I don't doubt that sort of thing would have been really common knowledge then. Well, no. I don't think it's just a direct copy. I think they've they've reversed it and then they put some of their own things over the oh, top yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, but it's um, definitely in there. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty funny. So, yeah, um, the spiders are definitely the scariest part of that. Again, when I was a kid, I remember getting to this point and being like, yeah, okay, I've got over the Yetis now, I've got over the big Garuda, and now I'm here. And then it was like, why are there loads of spider webs? No, no, yeah. no, no, I don't do well with spiders at all. So to no, be don't. faced with potentially massive spiders wasn't loving life, really. No. Fine if I'm in there with me Uzis, you know, with lots of ammo. I'm a bit better now. I can sort of storm through it a little bit mm-hmm. better. But it's still a little bit creepy because it's so dark in there as well. Yeah. So where do we go after that? I can't remember. Well, these, these levels all sort of... They merge into one view. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did enjoy them though. They were challenging. But... I think they're my favourite just because I like their like creepiness as well. Because even in like the Temple of Jan, you've got I forgot to textures say on the you wall know, of like spooky faces. Don't the eyes like follow you? No, that's in um, sort of like near Barkhang Mon- Monastery, isn't it? When you have like the eyes on the walls. And oh they follow yeah, you. yeah, yeah. They seem to look like they follow you, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's always pretty cool. 
the uh, Marco sacrifices himself as per the little synopsis at the start. He grabs mm-hmm. the dagger of Jeanne and, you know, wants to become a big dragon now. And yeah. I don't really know how this happens, but she gets taken to... Well, they take Bartley through this big gate thing in the Temple of Jeanne. That's all this, like, nice jade colour. Then Lara jumps after them, and then all of a sudden... This is the only bit where I can think it's not clear where she's come from. Mm-hmm. Because you're just all of a sudden in floating islands, which is I essentially don't... a jade mine floating in a different realm. Yeah, I don't. I never understand this bit. I've got two, two kind of speculations. Two theories. Okay. One is that she's hallucinating from all the mercury inhalation. That, that's what I think. I think she's hallucinating. And this level doesn't really exist. Yeah. And the second one would be that um, activating the dagger has opened up this realm. Mm-hmm. And it's like sort of morphed its way into part of the Temple of Jeanne. This is like really challenging. I sucked at this really bad i remember I, I was halted here for i think a few years i just didn't know what to do because mm-hmm. even even with guides i was still stuck yeah and you've got sort of um warriors haven't you yeah there's like jade warriors everywhere that come to life like and they're floating around and they're like fl- well they're not jetpacks they're, they're just, like floating around yeah and they, they can just, float just pop around. out of nowhere so you hear this sort of like whirring noise because they can knock and then you, you hear like anything. a big clung, and that means they've landed somewhere. And you're like, where the fuck are they? <laughs> and then you just got to keep shooting them until they turn into jade and then blow up. Yeah. So I thought that was a really cool. I would love to see feature. a reimagining of this level though, because the whole level in parts. I wonder what, because I know Nico Bass wants to do the a whole remake. Thing. Yeah. Um, and what they've done so far is amazing. It would look incredible. I it bet. would look amazing. Yeah, because it looks like parts of, you know, again, I'm going to shameless plug myself again making my little models i was like when you walk around floating islands parts of it there's like um bonsai trees and what things there are, like, everywhere pockets of like lush like gardens of, yeah. almost so it almost feels like it was one big garden and it's been broken apart and all these like blocks of jade are what support it underneath it's really really strange but a really cool concept but yeah this is the part of the game where you're like ah i mean that bit of tomb raider where it goes mental (laughs) yeah like what the fuck's happening yeah am i on drugs exactly yeah (laughs) yeah um but yeah the the jade people can be a bit of a pain in the ass especially when there's like a few of them i always just yeah yeah because then if if they land then they start sort of attacking you with yeah spears and what have you yeah but yeah, you fight your way. But to... I was really pleased to get through that. I felt really pr- proud of myself to get through it's that. It's such level. a relief when you eventually get to the Dragon's Lair because Dragon's Lair is it's got its zip, challenges. Don't you zip wire in? Yeah, basically and from that's the one end. part to the other. Yeah. And I, I remember like doing that video and be like, yay! Yeah. And people were like, well done. Yeah. I was like, thank you. It's so weird because you've got like all these like lava waterfalls falling everywhere as well yeah. at the same time as all this like carved jade and these like uh, uh, Chinese temples like situated about the place yeah. and stuff as well it's really really cool so yeah i'd love I to see that i do love the design of, of those levels as well yeah really good and yeah dragon's lair isn't too bad really um other than the the dragon fight isn't too difficult if you get into like a habit of just running around him you've just got to get in the right position i think haven't you yeah i, I think that's literally again if the, you the jump whole side of... to side and that's the sort of technique i went for yeah as soon as he starts flaming just jump out of the way before it even gets to you yeah yeah i found it not to be it's not it's not too difficult um the the most the most difficult part is obviously because of what the dagger does the only way you can kill him is by pulling out his dagger in his chest 
Mm-hmm. So when he falls down, you can run up to him. But I found so many times it didn't trigger the cutscene to pull out the dagger. Right. So he would just get back up again. And because you're like underneath him then, you'd stamp his big feet and get in a paddy and you'd just die. And you'd be like, oh, yeah. for God's sake. You've got to do it all again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's not, it's not, I think over, I, it's not overly tough. I was quite lucky. I think I did it twice and my second time was my successful No, that's not one, too bad. Two. That was fine. It's funny because you can kill him and then if you forget to save, you can just get crushed by one of those falling platforms yeah, right like, at the end Fuck. and be like, oh no, not again. So, yeah, And then, you know... One of my favourite cutscenes plays at the end. I love when you leave. The FMV where she's running from the fire. Yeah, yeah I so love good. that. And then oh, I just think it's so cute when she comes out and you know when she sort of takes that deep breath and then she, she just... tries to stand up and it looks like her back hurts. Yeah, and she's <laughs> exhausted and has a stretch and I'm like, oh Yeah. <laughs> yeah i love how over the top the explosion is because it's like okay it's blown up and then oh my god the whole wall explodes and yeah like, and then Jesus. she's just she's literally fine just on the outskirts yeah but that was always cool and i always thought i didn't know i thought home sweet home was in a different game which is the level that follows it yeah i always thought that was um in a game that i just could never find right um until i got to this point and i was like what's happening it's still going on and again back to the whole being terrified because Lara's just there in her dressing gown, puts the dagger away, and then all all hell breaks loose with them smashing through the windows and stuff. This was scary to me on other levels because and it's really off topic but it's similar. You know the the first Purge movie? Yeah. And everyone who I've <sighs> yeah. spoken to says that the first one is their least favourite. For but for me it's my favourite because to me your home is like your haven. It's your it's your safe and sacred place. So when people are coming into your house yeah that the thought of that is terrifying that, it terrifies it? me yeah same so i think i i tried it once and then i think i don't know what happened i don't know whether i just or did i do no i it was my second try picked up everything and was trying to like lure them at like lure them to into me. your bedroom yeah <laughs> wait wait <laughs> and then i got downstairs and i was at, i had four or maybe two shells left and i managed to get the uh finished off the flamethrower guy and i don't know how i'd done that yeah and then yeah i'd done it and i couldn't believe i'd done it yeah it was um it's so i found it just really stressful because you have the key to a little gun cabinet and you grab the shotgun and there's like just shit tons of shells and medikits but you know that they're coming so it's like trying to pick up everything it's when you start hearing their steps and their grunts yeah. and they're getting closer and closer and you're like oh my god and you just start panicking and then before you know it club mateys there and then there's a doberman in the room and then you run out and then someone comes smashing through a window and that's what i did you're like oh my the god the first time i tried to do the level che- the weapons cheat and, oh, oh, and they yeah, block it and it didn't work yeah I was like, fuck because i thought bastards. i could just like try and blast my way through with like the m16 or something yeah you can make that level so much better just by wh- going down to the ballroom and whacking on Venice violins, though, and then you can just crawl around just yeah. shooting them all. So. But I managed to get through it. I was really pleased. But yeah, I, I did, because normally when you think of that, it's like, oh, I've done it now. And I think some people might have thought, we didn't need this yeah. section. Um, but I actually really enjoyed having that. It kind of made sense to me because it was, um, you had killed the Fiamanera's boss. So I felt like it was their last hurrah. The, the final few men were like, right, we know who killed him. Yeah, exactly. We're going to go and get her sort of thing. And then yeah. it was just finishing off the last few goons. But I sort of liked seeing the vans outside. I also didn't like having to deal with it because it was no. a lot. 
Um, and I then also obviously, wish Winston was there with like Uzis. It'd been so cool to so have funny. like a that's little cameo we, of him. That's what you put in on your model, wasn't it? I was it like, was. You've got to put <laughs> Winston in there. I, I had Winston at the front door with Lara, and he was holding two Uzis, yeah. and she had the shotgun because he would be there. Let's be honest. No matter how old that man is, he would be like, "Nah, these guys can fuck off." They, yeah, he, he wants. He doesn't want let anyone to hurt yeah, Lara. It could have been so good if, like, at the end of that, like maybe you kill the last guy, and then Winston just rolls around with like a rocket launch and like blows up. I would have loved to him co- have come round and hear him like properly speak and be like, "Miss um, Croft, anything else for you this evening, Miss Croft?" Yeah. No, thank you, Winston. Yeah. But obviously, you have the. Don't you think you've seen enough? Very iconic wall-breaking scene. Yeah. I feel like that's the one part of these first three where it's very much like the. You know how we were talking about the the marketing, marketing affecting I think Lara. That actually at the time was a nod too because they were trying to do a lot of patches called nude radar. Oh of course, yeah. And I, I think a that. lot of that they were you know, obviously I don't think I don't know if Photoshop was a thing then or there was something along those lines where they were probably where they were putting Lara's head on naked topless models' versions. bodies or or you know, making naked versions of her and they were really at the start trying to stamp all that out. And I think that moment was sort of a can you stop this, please? <laughs> kind of an in-game kind of in, warning, in, in a way. Yeah. In an in-joke to sort of, you know, stop doing stop this. Stop trying to mess stop with to, Lara. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that was like a cheeky little nod to that. Yeah. So. And, of course, you get more skidoo at the end, which is great. Which and is always great. Really and then, cool obviously, renders. more renders. Yeah. Which is, which is really fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I have different reasons why I love that, love that game. Yeah. Um than the first one but it is a it is a highlight because again it just brings back so many memories of that certain time for me yeah i think that's and then i was really well. proud because obviously i've now completed those two and i know it's that people are like, oh you're not a fan if you've not completed the games but i think it you did terrify me played them. <laughs> it, yeah i mean it hadn't I'd, I'd always level skipped them and i'd always gone into them yeah but it was just terrifying for me and i didn't really want to kind of go into it no um so that was one of those situations, but yeah, I'm glad I'm proud to say that finally You threw it. I've done it. Just gotta do two made of three now. And four. Finish five. Six. Six. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, well you'll get there. I really hope so. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. So yeah, I think um yeah, two made of two, I would say is my second favourite of these original three. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, mostly down to the whole nostalgia thing and having played, had a lot of experience with Tomb Raider 2 in kind of my like early teens, I played it a lot. Yeah. And I think because it was, even if I did finish Chronicles first, which I'm really getting conflicted on, I think it was Tomb Raider 2 because we had, um, we didn't, we had gone back from, we didn't have the PC sort of to run. Uh, I think we struggled running a lot of games on our PC. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of, that's why we went for the PlayStation to, for our games and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and because my mate had Tomb Raider 2 and then I got it, it was like I was constantly playing it, even like round his or at mine, and always playing with particularly that version of Lara in those locations mm-hmm. that I've got such a like fondness for it and those sorts of memories and yeah. and it was pretty much the game where i it was the one where i decided you know what i'm actually going to try and finish this and stop being scared and it was the, yeah. like, the one where i sort of faced my fears a bit in the game so yeah i think it was more obviously the first one is my favorite and will always be that but this is very much a 
close second for me. I think a yeah. lot of it I just remember more. It, this one sticks in my head for more of the style and like the visuals and even like the menu with that sort of red flag wafting in the in the wind behind it. Yeah, and just the colours and and all of that. Yeah, sort of stick with me. And I and I just love the story. I think that's the thing with Tomb Raider, and that's what I miss now. It's not then it wasn't so serious. No, and there was like these little in jokes or. You had these funny moments, or, or some, or even the story. Like obviously, you've got these this law based things, or these mythical things, or or what have you. Whereas now it's very much. Obviously, I know that you had like Himiko's tomb and all of that, but everything Lara's so serious is all these serious situations, serious, serious, serious. And I love that you had those little tongue in cheek moments in the older ones. Lara still stays quite light hearted, even in the darker situations. And I know a lot of people would say, yeah, well, a lot of people wouldn't be like that. And it's like, well, yeah, but she's not real. And I don't mean yeah. to be, as much as I love Lara, at the end of the day, you like her for being like that. Mm-hmm. It's how Nathan Drake is in his, like, the reason I like those games even more is because of those characters that come through and the fact that she she doesn't get overly like spooked by anything she just faces everything head on yeah and i think that's that comes through especially with her backstory as well because you didn't have she wanted to break away from the aristocracy and all of that she wanted to definitely go her own way yeah and she was dropped by her family yeah so when it's the newer ones and she's trying to find out what her dad did i think in this one it's like no i'm my own person i'll do what i want to do on my own terms yeah and i think she's very like that with whoever she comes across yeah definitely um and i definitely love that i do have a few tweets to share okay if we have time which i think that we do sure um i have a couple from ages ago but some of them are unfinished and i can't go back to these on twitter because i don't know the date that i got them okay so i have one from mrs endermorph one two three so favorite moments from tomb raider 2 venice violins of course of course brilliant uh temple of jan the spider cave you said yeah brave person there it's definitely a it's one of those like morbidly curious parts where you're like i hate this but i really want to see what's inside (laughs) lara's home and then the uh the roof glitch of lara's home oh yeah keep jumping up and you can run around on the roof yeah i think in this one can't you get through the gate or is that in Tomb Raider 3 you can get outside yeah kind of thing um Elucifer said the trap filled Temple of Jeanne yeah which it, is always fun I think that's why I like challenging that so but much. fun yeah um and then we have a couple that have come through today so at Ben Croft Gaming says his favorite ever moment is finally returning to the Great Wall after an epic journey to find some of the craziest levels ever it was very rewarding to be like oh I'm back and I've actually done that whole thing yeah. now and then uh lap underscore assistant says fighting the Fiamanera while Venice Violins is playing obviously like we just said in Hunty Home so good Uh, the dark room with the yeti cages which you all fight stepping outside in the cave on the Maria Doria for the first time yeah motorboat race in Venice snowmobile ride while badass music is playing in Tibetan foothills so some great moments had thank you to everyone who sent those through yeah um so yeah, I did sort of. I should have planned this last night because I forgot that we wanted to do the favorite moments. So didn't get as many because I I only sent the tweet out probably about half an hour ago. So I feel bad for anyone who's gonna send them through throughout the day. Yeah, um, but we can always include those at another time. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, also on um, podcast. It sounds like a lot of people have similar favorite moments to some of the ones we have as well. Like yeah, you know, as a, as a couple sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. So it's always nice to see 
you know other people's sort of takeaways from these games because sometimes they're not similar to ours and you think oh okay because some people really really enjoy those water levels where i really don't yeah yeah so it's always interesting to see you know other opinions and, and how they've you know found the game and at what time yeah. of life they found the game yeah. so that's always fun to see so make sure you keep sending us your tweets also if we you love have, talking to you if you have any theories on the whole wreck of the maria doria and like yeah all that sort of thing please um yeah any let, conspiracy because theories. <laughs> I, I love hearing like i don't I'm, I'm surely not the only person that's just way too into thinking like but why is lara not being like around any of the public people in venice and yeah then you, then you hunt through the level to be like how I did, it was like, oh yeah, well the Fiamanera logo's up there, so that means maybe people don't come in here because they're scared of the Fiamanera, mm-hmm. and just go down a rabbit hole of like conspiracy. I think that's what I like with I'd like with to hear some other things. older games because as well, everything's not overly explained to you. Yeah. And Vicky Arnold's stories for the first three, I absolutely love. Yeah, same. And obviously you've got these things that aren't so serious, but then, you know, the world's at stake. Yeah, exactly. It's you that know, old kind of story. Of it's a big globe-trotting adventure and it's like, I need to save the world. Yeah, and I and I wish that... Um, I might have to do some digging, actually. Not, you know, personal information, hacker weird thing, but <laughs> see if she's on Twitter, maybe. Um, and yeah, I think it would be nice to sort of say if we could find a social that she had to sort of pass on that gratitude. Yeah. Because um, it would be really interesting to going forward to see if at some point there would be a panel that she hopefully would be able to attend or something. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to see. I'd love to know if anything just, was cut from fi- one to yeah, three. Yeah, or just find out more and, and the birth of these ideas from her. Yeah. Because obviously, again, it, it still fascinates me to this day how all of the older games... Obviously, the teams got bigger as the games got bigger and more popular and stuff, but those first two, the teams were still really, really small. And to think that you only had one person doing all of this, you know... This doing this one it. section or one person doing music or two people doing all of these level levels. design, yeah. Now that's unheard of. You have a team of Christ knows how many doing Yeah, maybe like 20, 30 people tasks, or yeah. something, yeah. So it, it's really impressive and I think you may not like the old games and that's fine or or resonate more with, with classic Lara and, that, and again, that's absolutely fine but I think you sort of have to take your hat off to the people involved yeah. At, the, at the birth of it for taking on so much and giving up so much of their own time yeah. to sort of work towards these deadlines. I also love that to, it was... to have a, a game, sorry, that's, right. that's so big year on year, because yeah. it was all the way up till Last Revelation Chronicles, where from they just worked solidly Essentially, yeah. on Tomb Raider for so many years. It's crazy. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? I, just lo- it, I also like the fact that the older games were just made by this, like, tiny team of people mm-hmm. it feels a lot more i don't know what the word is it, it feels a bit more wholesome yeah kind of yeah because it's just by this like little team who just put this like thing together rather than it being this big corporate kind of project mm-hmm. sort of thing it just i like that i if, like that just sim- I think, simplicity yeah, almost and I to think it they've sort of seen the whole project through it's not like okay well you're gonna do the tutorial and level one, and then that's going to get passed to another 60 people. Yeah. And then another 65 are going to light it. And then, another, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's crazy to think that it was pretty much just them doing all yeah. of these things. Oh, something I forgot to completely mention, I think, in the Tomb Raider 1 uh, 
one we this did. This is the thing we're always going to forget stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit. Well, it's, I think um, Toby Gard designed and built the Croft Manor in Tomb Raider One in a weekend. Wow. And it was like that was it, just done. So that's mad to think. It is mad. And then obviously, you know, in you this one as quick. well, you've got the maze puzzle. Which yeah, we forgot to mention that's yeah. also really cool. You can still never do that in the time. I think the expansion of Croft Manor in Tomb Raider Two compared to Tomb Raider One is like some of people's like favorite parts, just because mm-hmm. you've got so much more to explore. It's just so fun, and it gives you that sort of break from all from the... gameplay. Like if if you just want to have a play about, particularly all the heavy action in Two, yeah, all the gunmen and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely up there. Definitely, and just brings me back such good memories. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just remember going and getting. Going to Woolies with Dad and getting that yeah. wetsuit, Lara, and be like, "Oh my god, so cool, so excited." Yeah, and I, I would like dust them all off now, and yeah, it's sort of it's mad to see everything come full circle. Like I never imagined, sort of, obviously I never would as a child, but to know that it's still so at the forefront of my life. Yeah, and now I'm able to sort of share that with you mm-hmm. is really fun, it rather is. than sort of have to kind of suppress exactly. my love for it yeah. because I can't really share that with any of the people Someone but that now get it's it. like it's like opened up a whole new round to talk about and with many of the people as well as you yeah you know like our families will talk about it because they've had it in their lives because of us yeah so that's always fun like even mom like you'll see mom walk around the house with like a a Tomb Raider t-shirt and she'll be like where can I get because she loves Angel of Darkness Lara yeah that's her favourite. So she keeps asking me about how can she... Because I think she wants to order a few T-shirts from Dark Angel Symphony Zoo. And she's like, oh, okay, I've seen cool. Lara like, like she's conducting music. I want that T-shirt. So yeah. I was like, don't worry. So I think when I get back, I've got to sort, I sort a few things out with her. Fair enough. From there, because she wants some new T-shirts. Bless her. So it's really fun to sort of see her have that excitement about it. As well. As yeah. well. Um, so that's always nice to sort of see. Yeah, it's cool. And like even have, she obviously doesn't know the whole thing, but you could also say to like mom about the speedboat, she'd be like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Or yeah. she'll share with me like some of her little moments that maybe I didn't know about or couldn't remember from back in the day as well. So that's always fun to discuss. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was another good chat. Another long chat. It was. I'm desperate for a wee. Fine. So I think I have been several times on this podcast and not <laughs> declared it in this se- uh, season, this series. Oh no, maybe I should cut that out then. So uh, yeah, so, yeah. I suppose thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks ever so much for listening. I can't believe we've managed to just blast through this series. We have within four days. I know. Yeah, obviously it's different from when all of you lot when listen. all this here, yeah gets and it's all out edited there. and all of that. I don't think we're going to over edit stuff anyway, so that's fine. Um, but yeah. 14 episodes so we'll be back at christmas with something with a special episode with daryl baxter yep um don't expect it to, to be anything gaming related i think that'll be our first one of the season where it's a little that's bit like strictly it. not <laughs> and it will just be a bit of fun i think sometimes you know with everything that's going on and gone on this year yeah sometimes we need a little bit of light relief and well, i think yeah. christmas is going to be a little bit different this year this year I don't know how different, obviously, we're we've, we're recording in August right now. So hopefully we'll be able to share the festive season. 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 Right, oh, Sean God. Connery. Hello um, there. The festive season. <laughs> Money we, penny. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> yes. Um, however we want or however we choose, you know, even if you don't celebrate that, hopefully we'll be able to sort of see our friends and family in the uh, the previous way that we could yes so yeah it'll probably be us pissing around 
for an hour or so. Yeah. But it should be a laugh, so, you know, get your... I'm intrigued. Get your crackers ready. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think we're going to be doing a bit of educating. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, thank you so, so much for sticking with us throughout the series. Yes, thank you very much. Um, And we really hope you've enjoyed it. Exactly, yeah. Because we have as well. We have. We've, We've definitely rambled on a lot. So yeah, we yeah. hope you enjoy our ramblings. <laughs> yes, uh, and our and our lack of knowledge about certain facts, well, despite still you know, having loads of notes. This is the funny thing. This is the funny thing. I think the thing is, we've always gone in and we've always been honest and said we don't know everything about everything. We we're aren't just, critics. We're just two people enjoying. What we're just we having enjoy. conversations about games. And uh, we're glad that you know we've had some lovely tweets from you all in the past. You know, waiting to see when we're back, and yeah, it's really so cool. It's really listen. cool and. We're just really grateful that people are enjoying it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're just chatting bollocks. Literal bollocks. On here. Yeah. So we're really glad that you enjoy... Absolutely. ...the bollocks. Yes. Enjoy our bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Oh, dear. That's a... a Yeah. We'll leave you with that. Oh, God. How lovely. What what a note to end series three on. I know it is, isn't it? Well, it's not technically the end, so... Well, no, it's just the beginning. Exactly. Oh, jeez. So, um, yeah, thank you so, so much. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful next few months... Yeah. ...of life. And (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you at Christmas. We shall indeed. Bye. Goodbye.